Welcome, everybody, to Behind the Geeks, the show where we're not really geeks and we have no idea about how technology works because we break everything. We've just spent the last couple of minutes trying to figure out how to turn this thing on. Actually, I have. I won't blame the other three guys. They're all ready to go. But from my end, for some reason, these streams have not been starting for me. Uh, So Scott is our host tonight, and I am just here in attendance. So hopefully I don't break anything just as an attendee. But welcome, Scott. Welcome, Jason. Welcome, Pete. Uh, Thank you for joining the show. Jason is filling in for Richard again, who is away traveling somewhere else this week. I can't remember where he is, but he's he's off somewhere else this week after last week hanging out in Switzerland. And this week, we are going to dive straight into a hot topic of the week. We're going to skip the news at the moment because um, we're we're talking about the news being um, maybe not as high a ROI as what we wanted in the show because there are so many amazing news podcasts and video shows out there. and, And we weren't if we're going to try and, and do it, we're probably not going to do as great a job as they do it. So we're going to skip news in this particular show, especially because we're going to be streaming or syndicating this thing out to podcasts as well very shortly. And podcasts, uh, you really need to make them evergreen out there rather than something that's a weekly thing. And we're, we're aiming for all the content that we put on here to be really as evergreen as possible so that you can come and listen to it in six months' time or 12 months' time or 18 months' time and still get tons of value out of it. So we are going to be skipping the news for now unless there's something crazy that we, we feel that we, we should dive into. But the kind of weekly cadence of news we're going to, we're going to skip past now and dive into the hot topics and we'll tweak the, the agenda up a little bit in here. Uh, I can see a few people in the chat as well. Ismael's dived in. Martin, good morning to both of you. And look, Scott's got better control of this thing than me because he brings up all of these... <laughs> <laughs> these little <laughs> things that pop up everywhere. I don't know. I don't, you, you would, you would, um, you would, you would not think that I ran an MSP with the, the crazy, horrible level of technical competence that I have nowadays. But I, I used to know technical stuff, just not now. But anyway, let's dive into the topic. This week's topic, we're going to be talking about dealing with difficult conversations, dealing with difficult stuff. And so in our lives, in our our MSPs, in our business world, and in our personal world, we have we, we often come across difficult situations, difficult conversations that we've got to have. And it can be hard to figure out how the heck to deal with it. And I'm sure all of you gentlemen on here have had some crazy difficult times that we've all gone through in the, the MSP journey. And I thought uh, today would be a good uh, a good place where we can share some of those stories, share some of the ways that we've handled difficult conversations, whether it's good or bad. We might have learned some lessons on the way through there so that we can um, open up and have a bit of a, a conversation for other people to learn about how they might be able to approach all the, the craziness that goes on with these things. So I've seen a few of you guys have added a couple of notes in here. I'm going to start handing it over to you. We've, we've got a few subtopics that we're going to dive into here, dealing with difficult staff, dealing with difficult clients. How much time you put into the development of either before you give up and and make a decision to to move the staff or the clients on, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, does anyone want to raise their hand with a a particular situation that they've had recently that was difficult and maybe share a bit of a story of how they approached that particular situation and and um, any lessons that they had that they went through it. Pete, there you go. You're on the. He's got one. You got the mic. So I spoke with my. Um... One of my coaching clients earlier this week, they've had, a, they've had a bit of a fun time. And I'll tell you a story and then be interested to see what your take is on, on how you'd, you'd approach it. So existing MSP, they're working with a client. The client's handed their notice in. They are working through the transition. Um, however, they still provide uh, a lease line to that client as well. So they're very, very much tied to the lease line. The clients has the new IT company come in. They come in, make a few changes and basically say that the other IT company has caused some of the problems that they're experiencing. So the clients then sent a bit of a shirt email back. Um, they haven't paid their final invoice. They're withholding payments. 
they go back and forth a bit and try and obviously they want to investigate everything, make sure they've kind of responded to everything properly. And it gets to the stage where the client sends them an email to say, um, we've just sent over the final payment. We feel like we've been bent, you know, our, our bent's been, our back's been bent over barrel or whatever the, the phrase is. <laughs> so we sent the payment just to get this sorted. Now, please, can you sort out whatever these issues are? And it's over a weekend or what have you. The MSP kind of waits a few days because they want to make sure the final payment comes through. And the final payment doesn't come through. So the MSP turns around and says, well, as discussed in our previous kind of communication, um, these services need to be stopped because you haven't paid for these services. And the client comes back and says, oh, well, I I had every intention to make the payment, but I haven't <laughs> made the payment because of now that email that's come through saying you're going to cut our services off, even though that obviously they've been fully aware of you know, that was going to happen. Um, so that all gets, gets into all sorts of mess. The customer leaves a bad review on their Google uh, reviews. So they've got now a one-star review on their, their feedback, which is obviously crap. Um, and the MSP is just kind of stuck in this in-between place of, do you continue servicing the client? They are in a position where they can actually terminate the lease line if they want to. It's just like a rolling 30-day um, kind of arrangement. It's in like a shared um, shared kind of, you know, shared tenancy building. So they provide the lease line to the main kind of tenancy, and then they kind of divvy it out from there. So it's causing the owner a lot of stress. He's like worrying about it constantly. There's always things going on every day. There's more shirty emails coming back from the client about this and that. And he's just having to constantly go back and say, look, you know, that issue raised, it isn't anything to do with us. You need to go and talk to these people over here. That wasn't caused by us. And all he's getting back from the owner is, oh, well, you're just trying to shrug all forms of responsibility. It's, you know, it's nothing, it's never anything to do with you. It's always something else. When it is legitimately, it's always something else. It's just that he is putting it all on this IT business owner. So he's at the stage, I think, where he just wants to walk away, but he's he still provides a service. Um, he's also in a difficult position, adding this into the mix, that his client is the tenant that's in the building. His client is also the building, the actual overall building owner as well. Um, so he feels like he's letting the uh, the overall building owner down if he then causes problems with, with this client. But he's, he's very much stuck now. So he kind of in a position where he probably wants to get rid of the client, doesn't feel like he should do the clients being a pain in the backside just causing problems all over the place what would you do wow it's a perfect storm isn't it <laughs> <laughs> poor guy can, can i ask how was, much how much there was one bit extra on? to add which actually this is first time i've ever heard of it one of his staff saw the bad review on google reported it to google and they removed the review yeah. I've never ever heard of that. I've always heard that once it's on there, it's basically stuck there for life. I've, and it's I've seen that happen once. Them. I have no idea how it happens though. Um, I, I was <laughs> the same as you. I thought that once it's there, it's there forever. But I saw someone. I, I actually removed one once from uh, one of who was it from? I kind of remember now. I removed one and it disappeared. It wasn't from us. Actually, no, it might have been from us on the tech club. But I did. <laughs> it was somewhere. I've I know I've done it. it. I clicked well, I've it always just been on the um, thought of, and if you get a bad review, just. Contact your good clients or contact just your client base in general yeah. and just and get just stuff and you know, load more good reviews yeah, to yeah. push it down the yeah, list. Yeah. How um, much is the the amount that this guy is on the hook for at the moment for the last payment? So, he, so they have paid the final bill, which is oh, right. £1,500 okay. or so. So they finally made that oh, final right. payment. So nothing. But they have this yeah. lease line that's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be like £50 to £100 a month. It's just yeah, oh, right. so it's kind of basic Nothing service. as well. Um, right. They're in a, in a stuck in a little bit of a rut because it's in a difficult service location, so it's very difficult to get another service in that building. So by can you? Um, sorry, you go. So so by them not offering the service, kind of puts them in a bit of a puts that client in a bit of a tough position. You can't anyway. do a transition to another provider live 
like a cut over not really because it's providing. them providing this lease line into the building so for them to find someone yeah. else ah, I right. to, I, yeah, okay, gotcha. a new lease line yeah, yeah. essentially into the yeah, building yeah. gotcha which is a lot more expensive We've well, jumped customer. in head first, oh, haven't we? We have jumped in head first. <laughs> yeah, we're straight into the deep end. I bring you problems. Um, $1,500 payment and £50 a month is not worth any amount of stress whatsoever. And the amount of stress that this guy's been put under for that, I would be doing whatever the heck I could to walk away from that as quickly as I possibly can completely. Uh, the, the One of the things that with the lease line, can the building management just – because the building's his client as well. Can the building management just charge the, the, the client for the, the, the internet and he can just step away from it? Completely. So at, at the moment, they don't. It's just that they've agreed just to deal directly with each of the tenants in the building. Yeah, right. So the, the building, yeah. I don't believe, really pay anything for the connection. It's just they got permission to put it in, and then they just charge. Yeah, the, right. The clients. Right. Okay. Aye, aye, aye. Um, <laughs> I, the third, I, I, I hate I've this. Got, I, I hate it. I got my oh. thoughts on it. <laughs> I, like, there's two two routes, right? You got, you got the, the legal via the contract route to go down, where yep. you just stipulate to the letter of the law. My agreement says this. I'm walking away. Blah blah blah. And then you got the the ethical or the moral or the, the way that you're going to do it that makes you sleep soundly at night. And often they're slightly different com, mm. um, approaches to a problem like this. And I typically err on the side of the, 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 the way that's going to make me sleep better at night. And when you've got a, a situation like that, obviously there's two sides to every story. We don't know the whole yeah. lot in there. But, um, but with this particular one, it's one of those ones that if the writing's on the wall that you don't want that client long-term, then you've just got to – what I always did when I was whenever I was in any of those situations is – help the client out as best as I possibly can, as friendly as I possibly can, getting rid of my ego out of the whole mix in there to be able to completely safely move off and transition to someone else so that I had nothing to do with them. And that meant going through a little bit of pain because I had to go and, and get rid of my ego, knowing that they were in the wrong in, in some of these scenarios. It was very similar in that they were so in the wrong it wasn't funny. And I could have just gone, oh, I'm going to cause them pain or whatever. But I, if, the minute you do that, the minute you just take this massive weight on your shoulders, it, you're going to be in an even bigger argument. And to me, it's especially for an amount that tiny, it's a tiny, mm -hmm. tiny amount, although it's probably, it could be big for him as well. Um, the, the key for me is just focusing as much as you can on a, on a safe transition to someone else completely as soon as possible and that without getting ego involved in the mix whatsoever. And then if you've got to lean on legal, lean on legal, but I try not to lean on legal in something as, as tiny as that. I think that the text that I sent to the mother was yesterday, the day before, is that it's very easy to get swept up into like the day to day. It's your business. You've got lots of clients. Clients are very, very demanding. But at the end of the day, it's still your business. And if you don't want a client, you don't have to have that client. Correct. Yeah. You just serve the notice. And like you say, as amicably as you can be, you hand them off to somebody else. But um, yeah. I remember plenty of days where I felt stress and anxiety from clients putting pressure on me when actually I could have turned around and said, no, I don't want any of this. This, this isn't yeah. why I started the business. Let's just move them on, get rid of them. No more stress anymore. And it's been yep. going on for yep. probably the best part of a month now uh, for this particular oh, um, guy. So I think it's just a case of just find find a way to to get out of it. You just you don't want it to carry on, essentially. You don't want that to oh. go on for another month. And then it rolls into Christmas, and then you're worrying over Christmas, and then the shares yeah. you must come through whilst you're on you know, Christmas Day, sat down with your family. It's just things like that that you just don't want anything of. Um, Absolutely. I agree, yeah. Find, find a way to... Um, amicably, like I say, put your ego aside and just be. And I always think this is try and be the, like the what would the best company in the world do? What, what would the best yeah. MSP in the world yeah, yeah. do? They would be very kind, very friendly, and you're always that kind of, you know, raising raising higher than all the other clients. You know, if someone's dropping down to a level, don't drop down to the level. Be professional, deal with the situation, and then um, then get out. 
as quickly as you can. <laughs> yes. And I think in, in that situation, a lot of us, so I've been in similar ones where you've just got the, the, the horror client from hell that turns to craziness, but you've got some contracted services with them, like a lease line or whatever it happens to be. And this client sounds very lucky in that they don't have a term contract in that. So it is month to month. Mm. They can they can get out of it pretty easily. And and as you said, there's that um, you, you just don't need to take a client on that's going to come with stress. And so I would even be just giving them a, a reasonable time to go and get an alternate system in place. That ultimate system might mean that they have to go to the building owner and say, hey, building owner, we need more lines into this building. Hey, building owner, we need a, for, a satellite on the roof or a, a, a wireless connection on the roof or whatever it happens to be. We'll give you 60 days because that's more than enough time to go and figure that out. But after 60 days, we're cutting, like, that's it. The, the service will finish. We'll take payment on this day and this day. And, and then we've got, and if, if you need any help transitioning IPs or anything like that across, let us know. We'll happily help you with it. But after 60 days, that's it. You've got enough time to yeah. move to some sort of alternate in there. And I'm sure uh, you say that there's only, like, in, in that particular building, there's only that one lease line going in. But there is, like, you could do temporary 4G or 5G if you had to for a couple <laughs> of months in most scenarios nowadays to, to swap across and or push the, the cost off as I said, across to the building manager to say, hey, we're, we're actually not interested in working with these guys. We don't have a great relationship with them. It's affecting our business. We're more than happy for you guys to bill them directly and we bill you for it, but we're not getting mm. involved directly with this particular client. And if they want the internet through us, they're going to have to go through you guys first. So you've got to handle all the billing. And um, and that's an option, you, but you, to me, I'd be trying to get away from it as quick as I can, as safely, as I said, as I can. And and taking that friendly approach, like giving them reasonable time, not saying, hey, we're going to cut it off in seven days or 14 days, like giving them 60 days or whatever it happens to be to give them reasonable time to go and get something alternate in place and and taking it completely friendly and cordially throughout that process. That's like you, the minute you bring anger, resentment or anything into the process is the minute they bring it to the process as well. And it's just, it's just like escalates and escalates and escalates the whole way up really quickly in those scenarios. It's it's quite interesting because oh, it sure does. I, I think you've got to take that conversation to. Sorry, go on. You go. No, go on, Scott. Off to you, sir. <laughs> I was going to say. I think you need to take that conversation, and, and you've got to keep it in, like either meetings or phone calls, because the, it, it ends up just being a series of emails that bat back and forth mm. that get more and more yeah, terse. Yeah. And and we all know that tone is very difficult to assess in emails, and so. What, what happens is, and, and this is classic business owner thing, is that the complaint comes in to you from the client when they're at their most frustrated, when they're sat at home at seven o'clock at night, <laughs> just sending an email. And that ruins your evening and it ruins your time with your family and it stresses you out. And then you're like either upset that evening or when you want to go into work the next day, you're already upset before you go in. And you're already in a bad mood. And I think that whole thing where it's affecting your mental state and your your work-life balance, it's totally unacceptable for something that's 50 pounds a month. It is completely unacceptable. And you've got to put your business in yourself first. If that was if that was a customer doing that to one of your team, you wouldn't stand for it. You wouldn't let it happen. But as the business owner, we tend to take that on the chin sometimes and we just keep rolling with it. Well, you know, I'll, I'll find a way out and we want to be friendly. And, and that's my default. I always want to be friendly and helpful. And, oh, you know, maybe there is something we could have done better. But when you've got a list of things that is clearly, look, none of these are our problem. We didn't install these. We didn't deliver these. We don't manage these. Whatever it is, this is not our problem. Let's stop talking about these. These are the things that we're responsible for. And I'm, almost, I'm not going to engage with you on any of these other topics because they're literally nothing to do with me. So let me talk to you about the things that we are in control of and let me resolve those. But 
do that face-to-face or do that on the phone, but try not to bat emails back and forth. And I remember I, I went on some customer service training, what must have been uh, 25 years ago now when I did like, um, you know, you did temporary work at a customer service at a bank. Hi, welcome to the cooperative bank, Scott speaking. How can I help you? Um, but they had like... <laughs> Genuinely, it was the co-op bank as well. It was like the only place in my town where you could get a job. Everybody worked at the co-op bank. Anyway, um, but they had this concept. And it's, the, it's the only thing I can vaguely remember now after 25 years of like, if a customer is being like a lion to you, ah, ah, do not step up to that level and try and be the angry lion. Equally, don't be like the timid little rabbit, but just try and be level. And, and, and as you said, I think just try and take the emotion out of it, try and take your personality out of it. Just try and be consistently, these are the things we deal with, these are the things we don't deal with. You may have plenty of opinions about all these other things that aren't working for you, and I'm very sorry about that, but we are transitioning you away, and those were never our responsibility. We, we have to stick to the things that we do, and I'll help you resolve those, and then you'll move on. And, and I totally agree, like, but the abundance of 4g and 5g connectivity around here there's no reason to hold them in for 60 days or 90 days i'd be saying you know you have 30 days even if it's end of this month and then 30 days but i would keep that time frame short because it's not worth it for your mental health for 50 pounds a month to deal with that level of stress what were you going to say jace so i was just going to say it's um i would i would question this new msp They've clearly misscoped this arrangement and then caused the the incumbent a world of pain, it sounds like here, which is something you don't want to get into. But um, this guy, or, or assuming it's a, a chap um, in, this, in the incumbent, must feel, hopefully can feel somewhat better knowing that actually it's kind of been caused somewhat by this this new organization. It sounds like they haven't really done their due diligence in in scoping, auditing, and all of these good things prior to jumping into this arrangement um i always think sometimes and it's weird what would an accountancy firm or lawyer firm do um because i see the it industry continuing to raise into that professional obviously section in the market we had an awful accountancy firm um just four years ago and it wasn't until the day we left that we realized just how bad they were we knew it wasn't even a possibility for us to go back to them and say, here are all the things we done wrong, you done wrong, rectify them. It was almost a respect thing and we can't question them. They're a professional body and, and they've got their contracts solid and they do everything really well. Um, so I, I'm really eager for the for the IT industry to be brought up to that level because uh, we're, we're all very quick to jump to our tech instincts which is to fix a problem which um obviously this this particular instant here we want to fix the issue but really as a business owner your contract has come to an end everything that happened in there unless it's negligence or something along those lines is kind of void at this point um because we no longer work together i I have a i have a three simple step rule that i always use when when doing firing or very very difficult commercial or, or um talks with a partner or end client or even a staff member um and you have to do all of these as a business owner not a tech remove your tech hat you are a non-emotional data-based business owner at this point um the first is communication i pick the form of communication that suits me best in that scenario that i feel most comfortable in so i think i can handle my head fairly well on a phone call i feel i can be fairly transparent gauge on their reflection um their attitude, their their tone, etc. 
The second is in transparency. I usually share a couple of key points as to why I don't think there is any legs in this, and, and that's a non-negotiation, but these are the reasons. And then finally, I provide them with a referral. I provide them with an organization I think that are good, that may be able to help them, and almost open the door for them to just walk out the other side, because immediately after that call or email, they go and pick up the phone to this referral, and they usually help them or you know, show them this is what you need to do to get to that point. So I, I tend to follow those three steps as best I can. And so far, I haven't gone wrong doing it. You know, there's always an amount of displeasure. And we use that with internal staff as well. Um, and I'll come on to some examples of that. And in my experience, yes, you get a bit of unhappiness and pushback. But if you can try and maintain that business owner, that data-led, I, I sometimes think, what would Jeff Bezos do? Um it look at the data and say, no, it's not, it's not worth it. I've explained it. Goodbye. Um, so hopefully that somewhat helps, but the, the key bit is to remove the tech from that. Out of interest, has anyone had that kind of difficult situation where the client, where they're just like, they're pushing all the right buttons for you and you just turn around and you say, okay, enough's enough. That's it. Like go and find someone else, someone else. Have you, have you had any like surprising, well, A, have you had that situation and B, have you had any surprising reactions? To that situation <laughs> yep. Well? Yes. Yeah, I, I had that very recently. Um, we had a, we had a well, this is difficult. Um, we had a, a partner who was bringing work our way, or they were trying to bring work our way. And one of the first things that they did was try and bust our chops around the partner day rate that we have. It's already a really good day rate, but it was promises of look, we you know we've got hundreds of these things. We've got twenty of these projects coming up this month alone. You need to, you need to move on your day rate. I'm like, all right, okay. You bring me twenty of these, we'll move on the day rate. Okay, let's let's do that. Let's have that conversation. So then we get into the next part of the project with the customer, and then we keep getting thrown into the calls uh, with the customer. Is my video pausing? Yes, yes. Yeah. Is yes. my audio okay? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep you. going with audio. It might just be, yeah, uh, it might be the internet today. The guys are smashing it. So, so anyway, look, the, the, the partner is then setting up calls with the client. Um, we are being the partner in this case. That's fine. We like to do that, but then the partner isn't appearing on those calls. So it's just us and the client, us and the client, us and the client. Um, and then it comes around to like doing the deal. Okay, this is the size of the project. This is the opportunity. This is what the, the customer needs. This is this is what we're going to do for you. This is how long it's going to take. Oh, oh, that all sounds too much. Oh no, oh no, that, I don't think they want that at all. Well, you weren't on the call. Yeah, no, I just, I just, don't, I think you've missed the point. I don't think that's what they want at all. You weren't there. You you didn't turn up to any of the calls. But no, I think you know you've just massively overscoped. No, 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 no. This isn't right. No, that's that's not that's not it at all. Okay. Um, we think you can do it for this many days and for this much money because we've been speaking to other partners and that's how much they say they can do it for. Cool. Okay. Well, if you have an offer on the table from another partner that will do it like that, I'll see you bye. And they were like, what? But you've just told me you, you have another partner who can do this job and probably better by the sounds of it for less money and in less time. I, I think you should take that offer. And they were, uh, what, what, what we just thought, and this this was the bit that really stuck in my in my throat, and I was like, oh, no. It was the, we just thought this is a huge customer with a huge opportunity, and there's so much project work to come out of this. We just thought you'd like a slice of the pie. And I was like, 
Oh, you're you're doing me a favor. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, emotional blackmail. How, how lucky am I to be part of this massive opportunity? No, you can you can take it up with the other partner. This this is just nonsense. Uh, and they were like, um, but uh, uh, no, no, you're all good. What well, well, should we convene on another call? Oh, you're okay, thanks. You, you've got a partner, but I think we're all good. And it was just that immediate, this is not going to work. This relationship yep. is not going to work. You don't, you don't talk to us like that. You don't talk down to us. You don't pity us and you're throwing some work our way. I'm sorry, we don't need your work. I thought we were being a partner. And that's genuinely how we work with people. We love to partner with people. And I think as soon as you get that sense that this relationship isn't going to work right from the outset, it's got to be a no thanks, really no thanks. It's such a good Absolutely. feeling that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely did feel quite happy with myself to say no. And I, and I don't often say no, but it's just, you know, we said this right at the beginning. It, it's your business. You choose the customers. You choose the people that you want to work with. And if you, if you genuinely think this is just going to be a nightmare, we haven't even started and you're a nightmare. Why, why? Why would you put yourself through that pain? We had an example where um, very much similar to that. So we, we had a client, actually. We were doing support with them for a, a good year or so. And they brought in an external consultant to come in and just help advise them on like business strategy. Nothing really to do with IT, but he used to run an IT company. So he came in to talk about business strategy. And then he started analyzing everything we were doing, like asking for copies of like the ticket reports, looking over invoices, going over our quotes. And um, it got to the stage where we'd installed something for them like a year ago or six months ago agreed the price, agreed payment, and we actually agreed that, okay, well, you, you can't afford that, so let's split the payment over six months, 0%, just, we, you know, we, we want you to have this service because it's important to you. So whatever we can do, let's get it in there. He then came back six months later and said, actually, no, I've, I've, I've looked at that quote and looked at the invoice now. We, we don't want to pay that. I don't think it's taken that long to install something. We're going to pay this instead. And I was just like, but the clients agreed the quote, We've done the work. They're already like six months into their payments on the work. And now you're retrospectively telling me that you don't agree with it and you want to change the, change the whole process. So we, and it, at the time, it was a big client for us. And we actually, um, I was on a training day with my, my co-director at the time. We were literally sat in this training room with, with someone else talking about finance and accounts or something. And I had to sit there and compose this email. And I, talking about like your preferred communication, Jason, my email is one of my preferred communications because I can sit there, I can think, I can do a brain dump of all my messy thoughts. Um, as you've all heard, my storytelling earlier is rubbish because I don't really get it in the right order. But if I email someone, I can change everything, make, make it short and to the point. So he wrote this email, basically said, look, this is the deal we agreed. And if the client, you know, if, if you're going to carry on working like this with, with this particular person, we just can't do business with you. You know, we love working with you. It's been great, but we just can't do this. It, we don't have the time to respond to every single email, every single ticket. So um, I'm sorry, here's our notice, um, and we'll, we'll help you move on. And that was one of the most difficult things we did. The mo the, one of the best things we had back was their response from the business owner saying, oh, I'm so, so sorry. Uh, well, don't go anywhere. Why would we <laughs> want to go anywhere? Because you're the best company we've come across in like 10 years worth of business. So we don't want you to go. How do we move forward? And I was like, okay, well, we can carry on as long as I never speak to this person again. More than happy to work with you. <laughs> And then we never spoke to that person again, and we carried on doing support. But just from that, it was so reassuring to be able to put your foot down and say, look, no, enough's enough. This isn't going on anymore. And for the client to turn around and say, oh, no, I'm so sorry. We'll do whatever it needs to be. We just want to keep you as a, you know, as a supplier, as your partner for, for IT. It was such a good feeling.
so so yeah. nice. It's, really it's incredible, it. right? Doing a damn good job. <laughs> if you if you put your foot down as soon as you can and you're good at what you do, mm. more often than not, actually you're going to come out of that far better than you went mm. into it. But you you go in being fearful, right? We um. Yeah. And I've, it might be a bit soon to talk about this, but uh, uh, we should. If, be we, okay. if you start crying, we'll. Um, we'll uh, <laughs> um, so we we took on a a partner <laughs> probably six months ago, and uh, so we use an ITIL framework, very similar SLAs based on priority, etc. And obviously, there's an amount of um, about amount of, I guess, technical guidance or, or technical the guys can basically use their, their brain to decide what it fits into. It's not hard and fast. Um, and I forget the word I'm trying to use. Um, the coffee has not kicked in yet, certainly. Uh, and we had a customer day one of going live. Uh, so this was an MSP and, um, he had a one, he had lots of one man customers and he decided that he wanted to tell us that based on ITIL framework and critical meaning that 50% or more of the company can't do a single task every single one of his customers tickets forever should be critical because they're a one-man company so that's a hundred percent of the business affected <laughs> wow. he's a clever now, obviously, guy <laughs> it, it, I, I, you got to try your luck right yeah. <laughs> and it was really difficult because i knew immediately reading this this is not going to work um yeah. we're on we're on very different pages here despite i thought very transparent information um, and so we just had to nip it in the bud as soon as possible. And, and I called him. I actually done it that evening because I was so keen to get it sorted before any more came in. And it actually ended up with him going, do you know what? No, you're right. I'm not going to be able to grow if I maintain that that mindset. And so what I need to do and what I struggle to do a lot of the time is help elevate someone's mind to look at the bigger picture. We all organically, organically and sort of biologically jump down into the detail as techs. And if just trying to get them to take that step above and look at the wider picture is half the battle I find in, in certainly what I do. Yeah, agreed. And trying to find that spot of should we give up or should we invest the time thinking that we might be able to help them think differently is one of the challenges out of the lot. And you get better with that over time. I know in my my early years, there was a, a number of clients that I I moved off to other providers because I was just I could not deal with them. and I didn't have the emotional intelligence to deal with them. Um, then as I got further along in my my journey, I got confident at dealing with tougher situations because I dealt with more and more and more of them. And when you get comf- more confident at dealing in those tougher situations, you get to the point where you can take a few more or keep a few clients on that you might have got rid of or, or passed along earlier because you now know that they just need a little bit of a, a mindset shift on there and some coaching on there and to shift their perspective of how to, to deal with these situations. And I know that uh, in my latter years, there was a, a number of clients that I looked at them and went, oh, like early Nigel would have just said no straight away to this particular client. But now I actually think I can I can help that client see things from a different perspective. They've been burnt horribly from some previous MSPs and that's what's given them this perspective and this 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 view of the world that they've currently got. Let's put in three months, do our darn best, see if we can change their perspective and their belief system around IT support and, and do what we can do. And we had a number of them where we were able to do that and we were, were able to shift their beliefs away from IT being this crazy, stupid, annoying cost center with a, a bunch of idiots on the other end of the line to good IT support. And it um it took a little bit of like it just takes that that confidence that you gain going through your journey to to know when you can pick that battle and when you should step away from it. And there was still in my latter years there was still a number that of prospects that come along where you look at them and go, 
I'm never changing that person's perspective. They've, they've had that for the last 15, 20 years and, and it's an uphill battle for me to try and change that one. But there was the other ones that you look at and go, yeah, this is just some bad luck that they've had with some previous companies and I, I reckon we can shift their perspective and, and get them to see it in a good light. And you, the, the better you get at picking those situations, the easier it is to, to go through your journey. One of the things that I wanted to mention on there is the in our MSP, we, we had what we called the, the hierarchy of communication. And, um, and our, with, with my techs all the time, like all of us techs, especially me in my early years, we always wanted to default to email as our, our first and last line of defense, talking to clients. And over time, I got more comfortable in things like video and, and face-to-face, of course, and stuff like that. And, um, and so I implemented this thing called our hierarchy of communication. And it was this kind of a, a pyramid of different levels that we should try and communicate at with the, the top one up here always being a face-to-face in-person one. And then it went down the pyramid and the bottom one was text, like email and, and sending stuff via um, a letter and snail mail and stuff like that. And we always tried to, to communicate at the highest level on the pyramid that makes sense, made sense for that particular piece of conversation. And so one of the ones that we used to default at a lot and what I still default at a lot nowadays is pre-recorded video with text where I would go and like you said, Pete, kind of write out all the points that I wanted to write out. I wouldn't craft out a huge big email though. I would just craft out the high level dot points in OneNote or whatever it happens to be. And then I'd use Loom or Camtasia or whatever and just do a quick screen recording of me talking through those dot points so that they get the dot points in order and they see all the stuff that I've had some intentional time to think about. I haven't had to craft out this big long email and all these sentences, but they also get the nuance of my communication because they see me on video. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that's that been my favorite level of communication that I, I rest most of my, I'm going to say officially kind of communication backwards and forwards on things at that level. And it's felt the most comfortable. Me and my team started to use that as well. And, and it came across really good because you can get so much nuance across in a quick video with your corresponding dot points. In the early years, I used to try and do it without dot points. And I'd, I'd never remember then you'd get to the end of it, like your emails, Pete, where you get to the end of it and you go, ah, oh, now I wish I'd said that and I forgot to say this and I whatever. But then when you use those dot points, it takes you five minutes to throw a couple of dot points together, get them in the order you want to get them in together so that you've got the right narrative as you go through it, jump on a Zoom call and get it all across. And, it, and it, it's just done wonders for the communication in our business. I think Nigel's any... left out the uh, the bit where he's recording the video holding a baseball bat on his shoulder <laughs> as well. <laughs> Welcome to your annual review. And he's just got a baseball bat with nails in it. There we go. There we oh, go. Wow. Andy and Didgery Dudes. For those of you listening to the podcast that will be out soon, I'm holding a didgeridoo over my shoulder at the moment. Which is, uh, our indigenous people's version of a baseball bat. <laughs> So I we um, thought it was a musical instrument. I'm sorry. They are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We, we touched on just... um, we touched on customers. Should we touch on staff a bit? I know, I know we. Um, mm. That's probably the wrong way of phrasing that. Um, we we touched on it in the last last week's call as well of difficult situation with staff. And should we start off with dealing with toxic staff? Has anyone dealt with yep. toxic? None staff of us have ever had one of them. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, with them? I've got I've got a good example, and it's it's uh, well. I think we spoke about this last week, didn't we? Certainly for for us, EOS and Traction highlighted just how big one bad egg can spread. Mm. Um, yeah. I certainly couldn't comprehend that this one this one percent of this organisation could start to cause such a dramatic impact. So we had a scenario where we had a. A toxic individual. Um, I think we were too soft as an organization. Again, the emotion came out. We gave too many chances and almost created 
our own fate by allowing it to continue. Um, and it, it came to a bit of a heads one day with uh, a Teams message sent uh, into organization um, between themselves and another person. And we sat down his particular team and said, this is the scenario. These are, and, and no detail obviously provided, but it had already been communicated internally um, through the anger that they'd both shared. These are the, the things, this is how we plan to deal with it. Um, he's going to be relieved of his duties. Do you guys have any feedback? Is there anything you would like us to do? Is you, This is a team game. You're a team. He's a team member of yours. And if you believe that as a team, you can make good of this, by all means. Um, it was phenomenal, the output. All of the team members stood up to a level I, I didn't comprehend they had in them. And they said, look, he's been dragging us down for a long time. He's been taking up a lot of my time. He's been taking up a lot of his time and so on and so on. Please, can you remove him? Because I think we will thrive without him. And the team chose for that individual to go. Um, and it was a way of getting buying from the existing members and saying, you know, sorry, we let this go on too long. And you kind of have some of a say on his fate. Unfortunately, HR has already decided it's the right thing to do, but we want to give you the opportunity to, to, to share your view on it. And they then had a say in what type of person and what type of um, engineering skill they wanted to replace that role. And so we got huge team output from it, huge team buy-in, and we removed a toxic person. And they kind of had nothing no leg to stand on at that point they knew their team didn't want them as well i think it's difficult else isn't is it? because we always want to invest in those people or or if you know if we go back to just having the awkward conversation i i can genuinely point at situations where i've failed to handle it properly and it's probably from those that i've learned the most because when you have those toxic people it's like it's like having you know, an entire team of people that are there and they're just one guy who's really good at one specific thing. And so you need them because of that one specific skill that they do or that one legacy platform that only they know how to look after. And because they feel that they have that niche and because they won't document it and they won't hand it over and they won't train other people because they're guarding their little technical fortress, you're stuck with them or you feel like you're stuck with them. And so you bend and, and, and you're supportive and they're rude and they're arrogant and then they don't join on calls because they're busy looking after the one thing that they do and they don't join in team activities when you're trying to build teammates because they, they've got stuff to do and you wouldn't understand. It's very complicated. And they can get really condescending and very bitter and then there'll be the people who come in and go, oh, I hate this job. I can't stand this place. Oh, oh. And like the rest of the team is just putting up with that crap day in, day out. And as the manager of that, you should step in sooner and set the expectations straight away and just, we don't do that here. That's not how we speak to people. That's not how we deal with people. If you are responsible for this one thing, then you're a single point of failure. We actually need more than one of you. And I'm speaking like I sorted this out. What, what I did in, in at least one of these situations, because... I still cutting my chops as being a decent manager, right? And still trying to be a nice guy and still leveling up from being one of the team to being mm. the manager of a team, which is yeah. quite an escalation. And like in the businesses I've been in, no one trains you for that. You're just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, you've been here the longest. You're now the manager. Cool. Okay. 
And all of a sudden, the guys that you are friends with and have been friends with for years, and that one dick in the corner who was always really awkward, suddenly you're his boss. Brilliant. Now he's your problem. Except you're not really equipped to deal with him. But what you should absolutely do, because what I ended up seeing was the impact that it had on the other guys meant that like at least one of our best and brightest would leave because they just went, I just can't be here anymore. Absolutely, I just yep. can't keep coming into this office with the environment and the atmosphere that we've got. And you're just like, crap. I know what you mean when you say atmosphere and environment. You mean that one person who's ruining it for everybody. And Absolutely. that's the impact. If you if you don't deal with it, and yeah, it's awkward. And yeah, we're techies. And yeah, we're, you know, we might move into management and still not really have that EQ. You know, we're, we're all very good at the technical stuff. We have to step up. And we've got to take responsibility for this because what happens is it impacts all your other best and brightest guys and they want to leave. And it just comes down to that fundamental, what's the culture we want to have here? What's, what's the team that we're working with? We're all in this together. And you've got someone who isn't all in it together with you, that they're not, they're not right. They're not a good fit. And I genuinely, I've always said, like, if you come into work every day and say, I hate this job, I don't want to be here, stop coming in. Go, go yeah. somewhere else because we, we don't need you here either. Like I say, I wish I wish I had I had learned those lessons sooner and better and faster <laughs> than I did because I I've situations, yeah, just just go on for far too long and it impacted more people than it should have done. The um yeah. the the principles are the same, right? As as clients in terms of transparency communication, they're very very similar. Um, and I, I want to just leave this here because I've seen this so often over the past two years, um, and that is an MSP taking action with someone and it coming as a shock to the person because they haven't been clear enough. And so I just want to leave the line I was told once here, if it comes as a shock to them, you have failed your job as a leader. That's really, that's super important. The amount of times I've seen someone not know they're actually failing and then suddenly get, you know, warning or whatever route you've taken. And then they suddenly go, Whoa. And there's no coming back from that. At this point you have peed them off. Um, it's it's nine o'clock in the morning. I won't use the the other term I was gonna I was gonna use. But you've you've lost them by that point because you've you've caught them off guard. You've caught them out of nowhere. They you look a bit erratic to them. Um, so so if it comes as a shock, you probably need to question your leadership and communication. I did that like on a weekly basis. I think <laughs> running my <MSP. laughs> Actually, to, to that um to that particular thing, I I, I did a massive fail according to uh, what you just explained then because. We had a guy that um, he joined. He might have been been there for maybe a week or two, and he he just wasn't settling in properly. He, he was you know, having the odd issue here and there, and we just made the decision that actually we we're going to let him go. And hopefully, he doesn't mind me saying this on live stream. Um, and um, what's his we, name, Pete? <laughs> we brought him to the meeting and we basically let him go. And he 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 was shocked. He turned around and said, "Look, yeah, you, know, you haven't given me a chance to improve or fix or anything." And and none of us actually could say anything back to him we we're just like you're right we haven't okay okay let's set out some kind of goals and guidelines here now and, and we we started that process then and actually he completely did a 360 or 180 180 um <laughs> you know things started improving immediately he was really really great really responsive um so it just it just shows that actually if you do pull, pull people up on it as you go along um then it can be a lot better i just felt so bad about that day you know from, from you know even today 
I feel bad about and the way I dealt with it. Um, and there's lots of situations that I'm sure we all feel bad about how we dealt with them because they could have always been done better and you know prepped better or kind of caught earlier on. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, MSP owners and well, all business owners, you always learn how to deal with staff. It's nothing we're ever really taught. Yes, there are courses you can go on, but even those don't really prepare you for the unique situations you all, you all go through. Um, so there's, yeah, it, it's a learning uh, it's a learning experience. Each and every one is a, their own unique learning experience. Absolutely. 100%. Small things that you don't deal with over time just build. So if like mm-hmm. a small thing happens with someone and you ignore it, you're like, ah, yeah. and then another, the next small thing happens and the next small thing and the next small thing, and then all of a sudden you turn around to that person and go, hey, what the heck, man? You do this, 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 and they're like, whoa. Ooh, interesting, wow, contentious what? topic. It's so, a great time to pause as well, Scott, there with the video. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, I no. mean, I've, I've done a Richard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I just made a screenshot. Interesting topic now. Who, who had or has CCTV in the office and who used it or who has used it for anything? I never had it. I mean, we have You guys it. did. So I, we we had it in the office, and actually from from my last company, um, I kind of got it mainly because when we misplace things, we can go look on the CCTV and find (laughs) out who moved it where uh, for like the stock rooms and things. But um, there was one time, I think, where there was a series of kind of issues we were having, and it was just, all I'd hear is, it's been a difficult day in the office today. It's been a a tough day. I think one evening I was just like, I I wonder what they mean by a tough day, because they weren't really giving me anything more than that. It's like, no, it's all fine now. It's Yeah, it's all been dealt with. It's just been a tough day. So I actually watched the CCTV um, and I saw, you know, what unfolded and I was absolutely gobsmacked and we, we found some issues, we dealt with it, you know, spoke to the staff involved, but had I not have done that, I don't think anyone would have told me. Um, I was just hearing this, you know, it's been a bad day thing and I was like, okay, well, you know, well, let me know if you want me to deal with anything. No, no, it's all fine, it's all, all been dealt with when actually there was some, you know, some serious stuff that we needed to, to deal with. Um, so yeah, it was just interesting. I know CCTV is quite a... Um, common thing for us to have in our offices because obviously we've got high value uh, goods and things um everywhere i've worked has had it in one way shape or form um but yeah more often than not used for um where stuff moved to <laughs> rather than uh, trying to spy on your staff you know genuinely we never used it to kind of actually go and sit and look at people sh- look over people's shoulders and make sure people working it's just that that one time i was just like oh i, I wonder and yeah, my God, <laughs> I'm glad I did. And to uh, did to add a with that situation, <laughs> to add a positive uh, to this, we, we've only. I was just thinking, we've only used it once. We used to come in every Monday, and the the entire office was spotless. Now, for an organisation which, not through our own choosing, is 98% male, it it is quite rare that you have a spotless office. But every Monday, every two weeks on a Monday, the office was absolutely spotless. We didn't have a cleaner at this point, so we were we were so confused as to how this was going on. So one day, um, we looked at the camera for a Saturday and saw one of the the guys that does every other Saturday during his lunch went round and cleaned the entire office. And we use it as an opportunity oh. to put him aside, reward nice. him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it was really weird because when you find out info that you shouldn't really kind of have and you feel like you shouldn't have it how, how do you say i was watching you <laughs> <laughs> and then reward them um but no it's uh is is it that's a bit of a gray area isn't it slightly well i think you as long as you're on, on a saturday 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Randomly turn up. Oh, yeah. At lunch. Oh, hey, I didn't know you did this. Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, you were going to ask something then? Were you? I was just going to say, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the same, but here in the UK, we have to have like this, these massive like CCTV signs. You're being watched and all those kind of things. Mm. So it's, yeah. and you know, as soon as staff working for you, you have to tell them obviously the CCTV. So they're, they're all aware that there was CCTV there, but because no one checked it, I've, no one really cared about it. I've never worked under a CCTV camera. So even just thinking about it now, I'm, I'm not sure how you're <laughs> working underneath one. Bizarre. In my life, I've never sat underneath one. Interesting. It's it it more, I think the most commonly thing we use it for was, oh, I wonder if so-and-so's in today. So we just ch- quickly check and go, oh, they're in right. the office. Cool. Yeah, I'll give yeah. them a call. Even though th- this was before the kind of days of like Teams and Scott's, Scott's shocked. Why is, why is Scott shocked? <laughs> you can't do that. That's horrendous. Really? Monitoring your staff through CCTV. LinkedIn will kick off about this, Pete. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it it you know, genuinely wasn't monitoring. It was just a... Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the comments now. No, no, no. No one's kicking off yet. <laughs> <laughs> My screen's going nuts. What have you done? <laughs> it's all fine. It's all fine. <laughs> have you noticed that little black dot up in the corner of your office, Scott? You know, how you've got this coach-client relationship. If on third day one, there was a little install that happened in your office. It's a that it's little like gift that, that he sent you out as the onboarding has got a little camera stat in it. It's it's well, the that, pen that he sent me has got a microphone in it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I finished the call with Pete, and I'm like, I'm not sure Pete knows what he's on about. He's like, Oh, really? Oh. Shifting the focus slightly away from me. Um, the how how. Have you heard of some people through the pandemic? They've just kept like a Teams call open or like a chat room open all day, kind of so they can. Well, I've heard some people say it so they can monitor their staff, make sure they're at their desks. Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, do that's that. that's no, we... what a way to lose buy in. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we did it as a like in the early part, like um, when it was, you know, and this, I guess it was just me and Ben at that stage. Actually. It was really right at the beginning of lockdown. Ben was like, you know, the first guy in the team. We would occasionally like jump on a team's call, do some work, and then just leave the call open because it was nice just to have someone in the background. Yeah, like so co- we weren't even talking, we were just rattling away and doing stuff. Yeah. And just it was just nice to have someone else there. You felt like you had a bit of, you know, mm. uh company. It was nice. Yeah. We've done that a few not times. Not in that eat spying way a, that you're on yeah, about. Not in, not in the that way, but we've done it a few times <laughs> where we've just been working on a project together and the three of us have gone, oh, okay, we've got kind of half an hour of work to do each year, but we just kept the call open and and you check in every couple of minutes of what I was working on and go, oh, I've just finished this bit, guys. You go and check with that. And it worked really well for that. And that's what I know a lot of Discord users use the voice channels inside Discord to have that yep. kind of set up mm-hmm. in. Um, I've personally never done it in, in Teams. We did it in Zoom a couple of times, but it, it worked quite well. Um, uh, one thing just to, like, um, study sessions do that, they, you know, they'll, they'll get a group yeah, of, yeah, yeah. sometimes it's like 50 or a hundred people in like this study session and they'll play some background music. I, I just find that more distracting than like just not being there. <laughs> Probably. Well, there's this, this site, I think it's called focusmate.com or something like that, where you can, if you can sign up and you can pick a time and at that particular time, someone else on the other side of the world or, or on your side of the world will join a room with you and you will both sit there and see each other with a whole goal that you hold each other accountable to sitting there doing work during that particular 30 minute window or whatever it is. You might do a Pomodoro window or whatever with them. Mm-hmm. And I used it a couple of times just to see what it was like. And it was weird. You get this random person who say, Hey, how are you going? And um, what am I, what are you going to work on? And what am I going to work on? All right, let's start work. And they're sitting there watching you and you're sitting there watching them. It's kind of weird, but it actually worked. I got all my work done in that time and I didn't get distracted because I had this weird 
unknown person on the other side of the world sitting there staring at me the whole 30 minutes in there. Um, um, Nigel, Nigel we, we need to move on, but do you want to explain, because um, Pomodoro, I know about it, I'm not sure everyone knows about it, do you want to just explain what that is to people, because that will fit nicely into our kind of um, mental health kind of ending part. Yeah, Pomodoro, for those of you that don't know, it is actually, it's, I think it's the Italian name for a tomato, and um, you might, some of you might know those tomato timers that sit in a kitchen where you turn the timer and it counts down in 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 25 minutes. A Pomodoro, um, so essentially a Pomodoro is a timer. And, um, and a lot of people in the productivity world love the process of picking a Pomodoro time slot, like a 15-minute or a 25-minute or a 55-minute time slot, setting a timer, sometimes a physical timer on your desk, like those little tomato ones, and, um, and just focusing on a particular task for that 25 minutes or 55 minutes and then having a five-minute break or a 10-minute break before they jump on the next task. I use it semi-regularly. I know some of the guys on my team use Pomodoros all day, every day, just as a productivity hack to know that, okay, for the next... I've got an eight-hour day here. I don't want to work for the whole eight hours. I want to have some breaks and I want to uh, split up my time a little bit. So I'm just going to do a 25-minute Pomodoro here or a 25-minute time chunk here and a 55-minute one here. There you go. The picture's on the screen. That's one of them right there. Uh, I, I personally love the 55-minute cadence and, and I do a 55-minute one. I have a five-minute break where I do a stretching routine and whatnot. And, um, and it just works really well to keep me on track because I know during that 25 minutes or 55 minutes, whatever I check, I am not going to check anything. I'm not going to check teams. I'm not going to take off to the outside and play with the kids or whatever it is. That 55 minutes is one focus session. And initially when I first started doing it, I could probably do a 10-minute session before getting distracted with something else. But nowadays a 55-minute, and sometimes I've done two-hour sessions where I just pick that time and I'm 100% focused on it. It's so much easier now than what it used to be, knowing that I've got a break coming up soon. It might be a five or 10-minute break. I've got it coming up. Whatever that distraction is can wait for that particular break. And so if you haven't played around with them, they're worth playing around with. They're a, 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 they work really well for me. And if they, if you, you like it, it might work for you as well. I don't know if you guys ever use them. I, I did my first one yesterday. I, I'd oh, never heard of the concept. Yeah, yeah. So right. uh, Pete, you'll know this. I'm doing the um, part-time YouTuber Academy. Um, and so one of the things that we're coming up with is like the 12 days of Vlogmas. Um, so what are we going to do for videos <laughs> for vlogs? And so we had 25 minutes to come up with 12 videos that we're going to make. Right. And I'm like... Do you, do you have any idea how long it takes me to come up with one video? You want to come up with 12 <laughs> concepts in 25 minutes. But you know what? It's What's that? Is it Moore's Law? You know, the, the amount of Parkinson's time you set. Law. Parkinson's, yeah. It, you yeah. Know, your activity will expand to fill that amount of time, 25 yeah, yeah. minutes. I have 15 ideas. So I'm like, well, yep. actually, this is great. I, yeah, I really loved it. I can see us using that again. It's great for putting pressure onto a project to, to get yeah. you to force finish it. I, I haven't used Love Pomodoro, that. but I just I time block everything like I, I, I share my calendar with a few people like my VA and it's just nuts there's like 15 minute slot here half an hour slot there an hour slot a four hour slot and it's just it's, it looks very messy but it works for me it keeps my time kind of allocated and I don't yeah. try not to spend more than I've allocated something yeah you just gotta that's the thing with productivity I've found is you've got to go and play around with a bunch of them and then curate your own productivity method based on what works best for you and know that you're probably going to change it and tweak it with time as well mine changes every second month i changed to a new different method and tweak something and change something uh, and i think that's probably a good topic for next week is probably productivity if you guys want to dive into mm -hmm. productivity methods and tips and ideas and ways we manage our days and whatnot because we are at time we're at 10 10 o'clock for you guys 9 p.m for us over here so we can wrap up um what are we going to do to wrap up these things? Number one, we're going to tell all of you that have joined from any other route around here to go and click on the subscribe button on the Tech Tribe channel. 
which is we, we'll never get it right somewhere down here. Um, yeah, down there, uh, which you can get to via going to thetechtribe.com forward slash YouTube. And if you go there, it'll take you to the YouTube channel. Subscribe there because that's where the easiest place to get notified because we can't guarantee we're going to be posting these out to all the other social accounts that they get posted out to uh, for time. If you want to check out what uh, Jason does and Pete does and Scott does, go and have a look in the show notes. There's links across to all of those things. Uh, Pete does some amazing one-on-one coaching and he's got a great course that's not the Tech Tribe as he put out in a, a video <laughs> this week, <laughs> which I loved, by the way. Um, he's got a great online course sharing a bunch of stuff from his space, uh, his time in the MSP space um, at notabusinesscoach.com. Jason is Uptime Solutions, an outsourced knock and help desk service delivery team for MSPs uh, that gets rave reviews that I hear all around the place. And Scott is uh, at cloudnexus.co.uk. I think I got it right. And um, and his YouTube channel is a great one to go and check out for how an MSP or um, service provider is approaching YouTube as a, a means to get their message and authority out there. Uh, so go and check out the show notes if you want to go and find out more about us crazy cats. Uh, until next time, though, I will bid you all farewell. Have an amazing week. Hopefully there was a few little tidbits from all our craziness in that that are uh, going to go out and help everyone else approach maybe some more difficult conversations. Uh, one thing I will leave with, leave with, you with is an amazing book in this play in this space called crucial conversations by um kerry patterson if you haven't read it yet it's a really short book but highly worth going through to just it helps give you a whole bunch of tactics and strategies and confidence to go and help approach these difficult situations when and if you happen to be in them which let's face it we're all going to be in them from time to time so go and add it to your book list lists crucial conversations but with that said thank you gentlemen i'm going to go to sleep you guys are going to go and start your days uh I will thank you, Jason, for hanging out with us the last two weeks in replacement for Richard. Um, hey, sure thank you for having me. And, and on behalf of all the viewers, it's it's been great watching this grow. And uh, now I'm sitting on the other side. I see how much hard work goes into it. So uh, keep <laughs> watching, keep keep subscribing. And Don't I'm going to become one of those stats after this week. And I look forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, if... No one else has anything else left to run through. I'm going to – I can't even click the, the end button this time. Scott's in control. So, Scott, you're going to have to click the end button now. And uh, the podcast the is power. underway. So, the podcast is underway. It's the, with an editor that's cutting up and slicing things and getting them uploaded. So, I suspect we'll have some movement within the next week. So, that if you want to listen to this and you don't like watching our ugly mugs on camera, you can go and throw uh, the link into your podcast players and catch up with it that way instead. So, it's underway, not too far away. But over to you, Scott. You can go and – Boot us all out and kick the end button. All right, guys, you guys all have an awesome week. See you, bye. Thanks, bye.